The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more. In a podcast, Greg, <laughs> is that the beginning? <laughs> no, no. Hey, welcome everybody to the Thrivecast. This is Jason. <laughs> and this is Greg, and we're so happy that you came back to join us in the podcast. Podcast. You know what? They may be able to see us on a video. We're recording this on video, too. If you're lucky enough to see it, you're lucky. <laughs> you are. So, and if you're, uh, or maybe you're, if you're lucky enough to not see it, then you're the lucky one. You're uh, lucky. We've got... We got a huge show uh, coming up today. We are going to be we're going to be talking about some major stuff that we just finished talking about uh, at the deeper weekend that you may or may not have been at. That's we're right. going to have an amazing guest, Caleb Newquist, who's oh, been yeah. on the show before, and he's coming back again. We're going to be talking about advisory services. Yeah, so you're going to make a bunch of money when the podcast is over. Exactly. So you, before we do that, so our announcements, we want to let you know that uh, you guys know I do a monthly intro call every month to tell people what Thrival is all about. So you can register. It's in the show notes. And I'll just tell you 30 minutes or something about why Thrival can transform you and your firm. And, and we've got future firm groups coming up again in the future, in January, the future of January. So if this is January 2019. So I don't know. Sometimes I sit on podcasts for like months before I I, I listen to them. So, but if you're listening to this when it drops, uh, we do have future, future firm groups, the new groups we get in January, and there's a kickoff on December 12th. And right. again, if you want to get hooked up with that, send an email to infothrival.com or check out the show notes for some links there. That's right. And guess what? We're launching and we announced this at Deeper Weekend Coaching Lab. It's the coaching and advisory lab. So we're we're starting a lab. So we've started a lab before. Mm -hmm. And we're relaunching the lab with John Lockhorst, our our coach and community facilitator of the community groups. Uh, He's a CPA uh, and he's a certified coach. Now, this is a weekly group. It's actually, I mean, you're going to be taught how to coach. You're going to be meeting weekly, mentored by John, who is a coach, a leadership coach, and he coaches firm owners. That's what he does in Thrival. But this is the cool thing. You're going to coach each other. And then we're going to help walk you through how to sell coaching and advisory so that actually the work you do (laughs) in the coaching and advisory lab will equal the investment you make in the lab. So you will, we, you will increase your revenue by becoming a coach and an advisor. And this is all the stuff we talked about at deeper weekend. It's, this is amazing. So John, John Lockhorst is going to be coaching people on coaching. So he's going to be the coach of the coaches. My mind is blown. While you're in there, you're going to be coaching other coaches. And then all to all, cause, cause it's like, it's just like coaching cause you're practicing. So then you don't suck when you go out to deliver your coaching services, when you're actually getting That's paid right. to do it. All that you said is true. 
Perfect. I love, I love that. You don't even know how hard I love that. We also have Facebook lives with you, Jason Blummer, every Monday at 2 PM. You still haven't tackled any of my smart ass questions that I've sent to info at thrival.com, but maybe someday you will, uh, I'll finally wear you down and you'll, uh, Butthole at gregkite.com. Butthole at gregkite.com. That's what I send my messages from. That's right. Well, <laughs> we want to let you guys know that actually at Deeper Weekend, we launch we launch signups for the next Deeper Weekend. So if yeah. you weren't there, then you miss the launch of the next year's Deeper Weekend. Uh, and the, actually, we already know the theme. It's creating and running an entrepreneurial accounting organization, an EAO, which is something I wrote about in a growth guide. And so I think actually you only have probably a few days uh, from the drop of this podcast to sign up because uh, yeah. that deal ends November. Um, the end of November. End of November. And it's like uh, you're going to save 300 bucks. So I don't so know. That's a lot of money. So hurry now. Go go check that out. Yeah. Because so. Deeper, Deeper Weekend is becoming an event we, we have to cap. Uh-huh. We have to cap it. Well, well, dude, because we keep – I mean, just at, at this Deeper Weekend, it was so weird not having uh, Barley's Tap Room. I know. Because that was like every Deeper Weekend we had our party, our, our we anniversary. Outgrew it. We outgrew it. I know. And that's, that's what's happening. So uh, there it's are new, limits. It's a new era. Mm-hmm. It it's is. a new era. Right. So, but, but with that, I mean, that's pretty cool though. I got to so say, cool. yeah, that's who cool. knew that's in right. 2011 that this is going to blossom into what it is today. It's Man, pretty sweet. you and I, we didn't know. Uh-uh. We uh-uh. didn't know. Nope. We didn't, didn't know. Didn't know. We didn't know. So, uh, well, dude, so, so we talked about advisory. I taught a lot about advisory at Deeper Weekend and that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about, which, you know, that word, we defined it, but everybody talks about it. Uh, we kind of define more about what that is. But Caleb Newquist has written some great articles about about they're really good about advisory and you know um, yeah well and, and AI Ca- and stuff like that. We're going to dive into that. Yeah, Caleb's because I work. I've worked with Caleb for not quite as long as I've worked with you, but pretty close. Yeah, and uh, and he and and it's so funny because he he was the editor of Going Concern. Now he works at Gusto. He's their uh, editor at large mm-hmm. at Gusto. And the funny thing was, like, he would read my articles and give me feedback and all that sort of stuff. I realized I didn't read a whole lot of his articles while I while I was there. He's a really good writer. He's this is, really good. This stuff is great. Yeah. So, and we'll link these up in the show notes, but they're, they're really good. And it's the, what we want to talk through, there's an article on Gusto. That's the five things you can do right now to improve your accounting firm. I mean, he's even good at writing headlines. Like you're going to read that article. Right. Right. And, and it's, and it's pretty true. Cause I think that's the idea of this article too, is it's like, it's like, you can, you can get kind of overwhelmed with going, like thinking about where your firm is at right now and thinking about where you'd like to get your, uh, firm too, and then just get overwhelmed and go, I don't know how I can get from here to there. But, but the idea here is he's just, he's trying to break it down into some bite-sized pieces that are hopefully a little bit, a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Yeah. And, so we're going to, we're going to dive into this. And it's familiar to ter- a lot of this is familiar territory. Some of it isn't, but let's go through this first. The very right. first thing he says that you need to do to improve your firm right now is choose a niche. We, but we know that you we got that. to, you got to choose a niche, but I've got, I, he said some interesting things. We knew things. that, Caleb. We knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Tell me something I don't know, but here's something I didn't know. And I want to get your feedback on this. He says in the article, he says, if you serve more than six different 
uh, like types of clients, yeah. then you don't have a niche. What, what did you say specifically? Uh, if your firm serves a half a dozen industries or more, you don't have a niche. What do you think about that, Jason? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think my thoughts on niche, niche, however you say it, have changed over time, and I think uh, we're pretty much focused on one. Right. But we're, as a firm, we're thinking about expanding to one or two more. Okay. Um, And so I'm learning as firms get bigger, you can expand the types and still be niched, but you just have to be careful because the, so the purpose of a niche is to narrow what you do because, so you can become an expert in the narrowness of what you're offering. So if you expand it and make it broader, it's harder to right? It's harder to be yeah. an expert at a broader list yeah. of stuff. And that's, right. that's why, that's why you narrow so you can be an expert. And when you do that, your prices have to go up to offset the risk you're taking by becoming so narrow and limiting your clients. That's basically right. how it all works. Right. And a lot of times even, I mean, it, the niche side of things too is also, I mean, well, obviously it's every, it's, it's mostly what you just said, but it also has an advantage because it's partly going to, it's going to stream, streamline your marketing is going to make you stand out yep. because if I'm let's just say I started a new, a new company and whatever, if mm-hmm. I'm going out trying to find an accountant and I see a lot of accountants that are just whatever. And then this one says, no, I am an accountant specifically for your industry. I'm going to go, Oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the guy I need to start with. Well, and, no, we, and we, we find that a lot of times we'll, we'll quote people and they will use us. They're like, <clears throat> we want to use a firm that's focused on the agent, the design and marketing agency space. So, um, right. They'll choose it just because, just because of that. Yeah, exactly. Which, which obviously has tons of value, but, but let's get back to like the, because that's the funny thing that, you know, every, you know, this, this even goes back. It's reminiscent of uh, Tim Williams mm-hmm. at, when he was at deeper weekend several years ago oh, yeah. where he was saying, yes, our company, we, uh, we niche, we have, we have a niche and then he talked to, you know, and he'd like rattle off, you know, 15 different, <laughs> different spaces that he was, you know, as he was joking around about, right. oh, about yeah. how people think about, about a niche. So what do you, I, I think that a half a dozen is probably too many industries, yeah. even yeah. I, I'm going to say, if you've got six, you got two, you're not, you Come know, on. you still don't have a niche. What would you say about this? What would you say that at a maximum, you've got to have like one niche per per owner in your firm. Is that? Do you think that's reasonable as a as maybe a max for niches? Probably, probably not correlated with owners. Do you don't think it's correlated with owners? Probably correlated with it. Probably it's probably correlated with more team size and ability to serve the niche. See that that's the okay. thing the niche is related to, can you pull it off more? Right. Like, okay. Right. So if you, if you're niching and narrowing, I mean, are you lying or actually, can you be the expert you're saying you are? And if you've got six, yeah, maybe you're like, yeah, you probably aren't awesome at all of those. Cause a niche right. remember equals I'm an, saying I'm an expert. You know, that industry through and through, right. You can say, listen, you have to use me. I'm an expert. If you want, if you want the, the best, you have to use me. That's what you're saying with a niche. So if you got six now, so really it may not be the owners. It might be, you have seven industries you serve or something because you have an amazing team that are really smart. Gotcha. And, gotcha. and so maybe you have the seven experts on your team, but, and maybe a bigger firm could do that. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't so, know. I, Jason, I'm just trying to boil us down to some real snappy thing that's uh, it's you know, three that, that, that you don't have to. Th- <laughs> it's three. <laughs> it, we it is three. Whatever three. Whatever Nuke was said. Whatever Nuke was said. Chop it in half. That's the right answer. Okay. That's right. D- okay. Caleb divided by two. <laughs> Here's my here's my next question okay. about a niche that I don't think we've talked a whole lot about before. Right. Do you choose a niche or does the niche choose you? You the niche may kind of start to choose you and then you choose it. Okay, talk talk to me more. <laughs> like the niche So wait, wait, wait. So the niche so it's like dating. So the niche like gives you like it sends out the vibe, but you still yeah. have to be like, yeah, I see what you got and I <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. Because what's happening is you just kind of start getting clients and then you get two or three that are the same. And so then you look at your client list. You're like, I see what you're doing, client list. <laughs> you got, there's three of you on here. Right. And then you go, boom. Right. Or, Nick. I'm Nick. Or, or at the same time, you could go, hey, I see what's going on here, but I, I'd prefer to not, uh, to not sir, be the, the, the CPA for the porta potty rental industry. Right. So and if, maybe if you got, if you got three porta potties, you might do the next point in Caleb's article, which is fire them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, uh, I've you got, know what I want to hear what's that. If, if there's a listener that's niched in porta potty, small businesses, email Greg and I at info at thrival.com. We want to know about it. Yeah. And I want to, I want to promote your business on my Twitter uh, handle because I think that's uh, because some, I mean, you think about that. I'll drive around. <laughs> I'll see a truck that's holding the trailer with like a dozen porta potties hanging off the, and I'm going, that's somebody, somebody actively chose to own that <laughs> business. Well, and, and we'll think about it. You can also say, and they have an accountant. Right. Right. They got, and so, well, and somebody's got to serve them. That's exactly right though. And that's, that's right a unique industry. Right. Uh, but yeah, p- point number two, like you said, is firing some clients. Um, and, and here's, here's a couple things that, that came up and Jason, you're good. I want you to help hold my hand through this as much as you yeah, can. I'll hold you. Um, who, I guess, and this isn't as big of a question, but, but maybe it is, but, but here, I'll, I'll tell you all of them. Who, who do you fire? How do you fire them? And do you have to pucker up for, for legal, and insurance consequences from firing a client. So those are my three questions. Who? So Jason, who? And it seems like a dumb question. Who do you fire? How do you decide who to fire? Okay. So the so there's a lot of reasons as to who you could fire, right? You. Uh-huh. Um, it could be that your firm is changing and transforming in some way, and so clients are no longer. They basically, by definition, because of you changing, become legacy. Okay. And legacy means you did make sense. Now, maybe not. That's right. Now you don't. So, so that could be a reason. They could be just buttholes. Right. You fire buttholes. You don't, you don't, they don't put up with that mess. They don't treat your team well. So you get rid of them. They Um, don't pay. They don't pay on time. You have to do crazy collections. They want to pay in Bitcoin. They, 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 yeah, they're just a band to pay in Bitcoin. Right. They demand coupons. That's right. And you don't take, like, do you take competitors' coupons? You're like, no, I told you, I don't. Right, right. Which, which, is, which is totally true. I mean, I think everybody can think you've got, you've got your easy clients and you've got your difficult clients. And, yeah. 
and you got to just cut the people who are difficult. You got to just cut those yeah. people loose. So, <clears throat> so now here's how we fire them. So a firing um, conversation is about five to seven minutes long. And okay. it is, you go into the conversation <clears throat> having already made the, you've made the decision as a firm. So you're not on the call to talk about, to talk about it. So what I do, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and fire somebody right now. Wait, wait, you're going to do that live on the podcast? <laughs> it's pretend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going this to, I'm this about to call somebody right now. I didn't know we were doing like performance art. Let's go get somebody on the phone. <laughs> no, I'm just okay. going to, I'll fire you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm the client. You're going to fire me. Yeah, okay. You're like, okay. Yeah. We're going to fire a real client. Not really. Okay. We, so, that would be a great podcast though. That dude. Think about it. Cool? Just think about it. But here, okay. So I'm the client. You're firing me. Right. This is, we're gonna we're gonna streamline this firing thing. So bring bring. Hello. Hey. This is Greg's porta potty rental company. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Greg. We um. Good to talk to you. Thanks for letting us serve you for so long. Um. You're, you know what? Our, our firm has has been changing and growing the past year, and we found out we actually need to be serving uh, clients that are of a certain size, and so. We've kind of set a minimum price, you know, that's about uh, $500 a month. So that's kind of where we're moving into. And I just wanted to call you and let you know that we won't be renewing an agreement with you uh, this fall. So um, we wanted to let you know. So if you find an accountant, um, we'll go ahead and help you transition everything over to that new accountant. And um, <laughs> we'll help you any way we can to transition. We're going to take care of you. So, Greg, thanks for letting us serve you. And I just wanted to let you know that we'll, we won't be renewing with you this year. Wait, you, you don't, my, my poop can money isn't Bam. good? At you. <laughs> so Now, the point of the firing really is to, I, I do, I, I talk so long that I don't let them interject because it's not, it really is not a conversation. It's the same way you fire a team member. Okay. Um, it's, you, you made the decision. You're solid in the decision. Yeah. You just execute, not right. really a conversation. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not saying be rude or mean. I'm just saying you got to get all that out and get to the end of, like, you got to get that person to the end of, right. You, there's no options for you. We're not renewing at a client. So you, you actually take them to the next step of start looking for your accountant. We're going to help you transition. Right. They're like, you know, they're, and they're stunned most of the time. They're like, oh. Uh, right, because you don't get fired expect, as a – They say, I didn't expect that a lot. Yeah. So and, – and it's, you know, it's not fun to – I hate doing it. It's not fun mm -hmm. to do. Right, uh, right, right. It kind of moves everybody through the process pretty quickly, and then you can move on and, uh, and start, yeah. start growing your business in a different way. All right, so that was, right. you know, okay. Greg's, Greg's potty cans got fired. Okay, cool. What, so what are there legal? Cause this was one of the things I, what, what sort of legal and insurance things you have to worry about with this? Or is that just more, you got to make so. sure. Well, I think that I, I, I know I've heard stuff and this goes back to more like ethics rules and laws in particular yeah. States where it's like, if, if the new CPA firm requests records from your CPA firm. Oh yeah. You, yeah. you, you got to complete. You, you got to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. But you covered that by going, Hey, we know that you got to make a transition, find your guy. We'll work with you and make yeah. it done. Well, and then you got to make sure you're not being a dick and you actually do. We, yeah. Yeah. Because what, I mean, we're not going to hurt somebody. We will. Right. We want now, now that's, you know, Julie and I, we say this a lot. We say we end well, so we will not hurt somebody. We'll, we'll take that responsibility on and, 
And they, yeah. even if they're a jerk, we're not going to be a jerk. We're going to give them everything they need. We're going to help them. We're going to give them the documents. Now, we'll all, we always set time limits to, to firing. Like your portal will stay up for 30 days. Okay. You, right, have, to, right, you right. have to clean it out by this date. Get, now, download not, all your it's crap. It's not yeah. wide open. Yeah. So we're, right. we're leaving it open. I mean, just for a, a period of time. So, you, you know, when you fire people, you do have to end your relationship on a date. You got to move right. past that. And it, you know what? It feels, I think people don't do it because it just really feels bad to do. Right. But I like that too, where it's like here, we're, you know, I guess the phone calls followed up, I'm sure by an email saying, Hey, Oh yeah. Right. And then here's what oh, you yeah. need to do. 30 days. The portal's going to be yep. closed down. Do you, okay. Last question on that. Do you, do you find, do you ever recommend another CPA firm? It's like, Hey, but I got a buddy and they do your, is that ever happened? Or we you could. just, like we you don't, did? we normally don't. Okay. But we we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's a possibility. Yeah. Get now your, if, net, yeah. If your network's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, or now it depends on why they're leaving. They might be a complete jerk and we're like, right. they need to get out of our life. Yeah. That's and not, you wouldn't. <laughs> that's not always, you know what? I would probably say, that's not why you should most of the time be firing people to get rid of bad clients because your onboarding should be bringing in the right ones yeah. so that you're often not firing the wrong ones. The reason yeah. you fire clients or this is if you're building your firm well, the reason you're firing clients is because you're growing and changing. Clients mm-hmm. are becoming legacy. Um, and so, uh, you know, sometimes a growth move with clients is not adding new clients, but it's, uh, it's replacing clients, client replacement. Yeah. Right, right, right. Is, is, is really how you grow because, you know, like advisory firms have really small numbers of clients. Like our team is a team of about 12 and we have about 27 clients what? and we, we need to cut down, we need to cut seven to 10 of those out. Re- wait, wait, wait. Why, why cut seven? Because so you can serve the other 20 better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they're not, they're not right. You know, we're, we're getting oh. clients now that really replace five. Cool. So five. Okay. So people should, they should come back for next month's uh, Thrivecast because we will have an on-air firing of a client on the next Thrivecast. So come back for that. We need to get to, to point number three in we Cameron's do. article. We uh, do. Offer a new service. I don't know. Can you think of any new services somebody might want to offer? You know what? Let's see. How about coaching services? What? Yeah. Okay. You know what? If you don't know how to coach people, well, well, we have a laboratory. I've never heard of this before this moment. There's a laboratory for coaching. We create new things that help transform firms. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to teach you how to be a coach. And listen, coaching is a thing, man. You can sell it. People Mm -hmm. will buy it. Mm -hmm. If you, the better you get at it, it's super valuable. Yeah. Is it fun? Uh, yeah do you uh, no ser- but seriously do you yeah. do you enjoy your coaching stuff yeah. that you do yeah yeah it's yeah yeah if you if you onboard people right into coaching they're really trusting they kind of know it's kind of a confidential uh counseling type session so yeah so they'll say stuff in these coaching sessions that they won't say anywhere else hmm. and so they're real transformative like you, you yeah you get to go in you get to say why did you do that not not you're yelling at people, but you get to. <laughs> what is your problem? Well, but 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 that's interesting. I mean, how much how much of the coaching relationship is tailored to the specific person? Because there's value. Because there are some people. I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about with the with the the lady and the developing the habits. And there's some people. Do you remember that? Yeah. Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where she was like, some people they 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 
do great with external expectations, right. but they're crappy with internal expectations. Oh, yeah. And those guys need a coach because they need somebody to go and go, what the hell were you doing? Yeah. You know, because and some people, that's really what they need. Do you? Do- oh, yeah. Yeah. No, coaching always comes with accountability. That's what coaching is. And, yeah. And that's what you tell them. If you want to coach, you want accountability. Just so you know what you're buying from me, that's what you want. Um, now you get a whole bunch of other stuff, but people are saying they want accountability. Now they need to know that's what they're getting because, Mm -hmm. because the relationship can get unhealthy if they won't let themselves be held accountable. If they continue to not do it. Right. The the danger is that they'll blame the coach. Like, man, I hired you a year ago and nothing happened. It's like, well, it's because you never did any of the homework we said every month. (laughs) Right. 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 So, so that can get just as dysfunctional as any other relationship. So you, you got to prepare them. You got to onboard them. And what, what we do is we give them a document that says what, you know, what to expect with coaching. Like, yeah. you, you know what? We tell our clients when they hire us, we say a lot of people don't know how to use a firm like us or a coach. So we actually have to mm-hmm. teach you how to use a coach. Right. Huh. That's, that seems pretty important because, yeah, because yeah, I bet you that the majority, I mean, I guess it's just an assumption. I would assume a lot of the people who use you for coaching services is, have they had coaches before or uh, what? A lot of them do. Yeah. A lot so of them have al- almost but all, not of them. all of them, almost all of them. Well, I, it's, I don't know why, but pe- the kind of people who would say I want coaching are the people who already have a therapist, a counselor, they've seen okay. a coach, they have right. a coach. They, they already value that. So they, yeah. they recognize what this person to person confidential trusted relationship looks like. Right. Okay. Who, in terms of the person who's giving the coaching, who, who, who should not do that? Who's, <laughs> <laughs> like, who should not coach? Yeah, if, like if because we're talking about offering a new service, and I've got to assume that not everybody that there's people yeah. who would make just horrible coaches. <laughs> so give me like a trait that would just weed somebody out. <laughs> no, I don't know that. No, <laughs> I can't. No, we're supposed to talk about your. You say, what is the trait that people need to have? To okay, what is okay? That's well, that's the other way again. If you don't have that trait, go find, go start a porta potty. So, What's if a you're, if you're a butthole, don't coach somebody. Maybe that. Okay, if you're a butthole, if you're a jerk, okay, and you but, just but, that, like, oh. but you have to you have to have some empathy, some p- yeah, interpersonal yeah. skills, right? Without those sorts of things, that's right. You, right, you, and you, you have to have some interpersonal. You know what? Uh, we talked about this at Deeper Weekend. You need to have some confidence because okay. co- coaching a lot of time it's a trusted relationship and it's holding people accountable. So if you see them doing things that they already said are the things they don't want to do, you have to get, you have to say, hey, you you're doing the thing you said you don't want to do that's preventing you from being successful. So I'm here to say that's the thing you don't want to do. Stop doing that. Why do you mm-hmm. keep doing that? So you have to be confident enough to say those things, really. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah, it, it does make sense. Let me ask you this, because because this the the uh, the coaching lab that's a that's a new that's a new deal. Yeah. Um, is there because I because we haven't talked about this? Is there like an intro call for the coaching lab? If somebody's just curious, going because it's a pretty big commitment. It's huge commitment in terms of time. There's there's uh, you know fees involved with that as well. So there's money that you're going to be investing into yeah. the whole thing. Like you said, the whole idea is that you're going to be, even during the lab, you're going to be getting coaching clients. So hopefully you're, the, 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 the yeah. challenge is going to be, you should get as many coaching clients to cover what you're paying for the oh, lab. Yeah. 
but do you have like an intro call where people can say, I don't know if coaching's for me. Can you tell me if this is the right way to go? Mm. Is that something that exists yet or, or? Uh, not yet, but you know what? If we have something like that, <laughs> by the time this podcast drops, go look in the show notes. Right. Well, and, and I guess the other thing is maybe people, I mean, and maybe I'm putting you on the spot. So maybe <laughs> well, we should give five seconds of silence if this needs to, to be edited out. But, but if somebody, but Shane, obviously, edit this out. Oh, because <laughs> I got this jeweler that wants an accountant and I want, no, uh, that was a deep cut for anybody who's listened to the okay. podcast for a while. Um, but no, somebody, <laughs> anybody can send any question that they want to info at thrival.com. Yep, you can. So if you, if you're, if you want to get some more info about whether or not, you know, if you're, if you're like, I, you know, I, I have Tourette's, am I a good candidate for right. coaching? So we'll talk about then, that. So yeah. We, so we got to move on. We got Caleb yeah. coming on, right? So we, we did, uh, we did choose a niche uh-huh. clients offer a new service. These are the five things that are in yeah. Caleb's article. The fourth one is set your timesheet on fire. We, we've said that a whole bunch of right. times. Now that's not a requirement to be in Thrive or anything. That's just, no. that's just a thing. That's really not a practice that helps you become an advisor. Really. It's just a, that's more of a generalist type, you know, punch stuff into a software kind of mentality i guess is is the purpose of him putting that in there right well two things about that one yes if you ditch time sheets ditch billing by the hour that sort of stuff it's going to improve your firm the funny thing about this is what kayla was like five things you can do right now to improve your firm switching out of timesheets to a timesheet list firm that's a journey so it's not like something you just go oh yeah i'm gonna stop doing tomorrow so but we've covered that ad nauseum in other podcasts so um, but yeah, and, and I believe in it and I know you believe in it. I do. Yeah. But, so we're, but, we're a value pricing firm and have been for many years. So, right. And then the last thing that they say is read more, Come just on. read some more books. That's going to help you stay on the, fr- and not just books. I like, uh, like I was thinking back through the, the, uh, book club episode of the yep. podcast we just did. Yep. And I'm still the, the creativity ink book that I read. I still am looking back on that and finding gold in there. Um, but also I, you know, one of the things that I used to do that I think even from reading this article, I know I need to do more is just, I need to do, do better about at least perusing the journal of accountancy more just to see perusing it just to go, what else is on the mind of other people in who are in this profession? Now, a lot of it's going to be dated. A lot of it's not cutting edge. A lot of it is, uh, you know, is, is just sort of AICPA propaganda, but a lot of it also helps you keep a pulse on the, on the, uh, on the, on the profession and what other people are doing and making sure your head's not in the sand. So I think that's yeah. a good idea too. Well, that's, that's probably not bad. Um, I, I think I'm, <laughs> did I, did I blow past that? So yeah, yeah, it's probably not bad. So you still, you still get to maintain your membership in the AIC. <laughs> okay. Do with I, that with that half hearted endorsement. Barry, Barry, <laughs> AICPA, the journal, man, the journal. Yep. The journal, Barry. Did you, I think you called it the journal. The journal. The journal. Nah, that's interesting. The journal. So no, read more and, you know, reading more. It re, like I, I read, I read, you know, books that really become resources for the things yeah. I love to teach. Actually, I put sticky notes in them, I underline them. And so I use them when we create, you know, things like the coaching advisory lab or something like that. Um, you know, and, and the coaching and advisory lab that we we started actually there, there's required coaching resources you have to read too. Mm. We're going to make people read. So that's part of that. So yeah, uh, that'll get you, that'll get you going. So, okay. So did we, we hit all five. 
we hit all five. And I think, I think that we were probably going to uh, circle back on a couple of these at least once we get uh, Mr. Newquist okay. on the horn. Okay, Newquist, let's get Newquist on the horn. Come on, Caleb. This Thrivecast is sponsored by Thompson Reuters. Tax reform is here with new rules and big expectations for your firm. Now's the time to turn reform uncertainty into opportunity. Start with a solutions partner who shares your passion for getting it right. Power smoother workflows, improve client service, achieve better results, and develop the capacity to fully realize new revenue opportunities with CS Professional Suite, OnVO, and Checkpoint. All the integrated software, comprehensive research, editorial insight, and productivity tools your firm needs. To learn more, check out the link in the podcast show notes or call 1-800-968-8900 and mention Thrival for special promotional discounts. Okay, we are here live with the famous, the infamous Caleb Newquist, right? Hashtag accounting famous. Did you guys know that was a thing? (laughs) No, but the the Gusto people have been like blowing that up all over wherever they go accounting famous accounting famous hashtag accounting famous that is that apparently that was created by zero i think but for (laughs) someone it was either create i'm not making this up this sounds really um uh uh, yeah maybe uh but uh, also um uh arrogant (laughs) (laughs) another adjective yeah, the it was I, I the 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 rumor is that that hashtag was created for me by the zero people. I can't confirm that. I love it. No, it <laughs> so is. No, I don't it's want. True. I don't want. But I mean, that's how legends start. It's true. So I suppose that's the story we're going to go with. Kevin, right. I mean, Ke- Caleb. <laughs> why not call you Kevin? See how famous yeah. you are. Yeah, like, Kevin. What's your name again? Kevin Newberg. He's super Kevin. accounting famous. Kevin, you are. St- it's great to have Kevin on the podcast today. It's great to be Kevin. And you are and you're famous, Kevin. This is amazing. <laughs> Why yeah. did I call you Kevin? You and just I, explained how famous you are and I screwed your name up. That's fine. But uh so, but hey, hey, I once Kevin. had a, I once had a, a big four CEO call me Colin. Yeah. <laughs> that's also that's another legend. That is. Another that is. Well, well, hey, and Kevin, I just got to tell you that um, I, I told I told Jason this earlier that as much as we work together on going concern and as much feedback and articles that I sent you that you read and and got back to me, I realized after reading a cu- these two articles, for, I hardly ever read anything <laughs> that you wrote, and you're so good. You oh, like good I. Writer. Like I, uh, yeah, Greg, I'm so flattered <laughs> that my, that my work has finally held your finally. attention after all these, <laughs> after nearly a decade, after I was required to read some of your articles for this podcast, I was going, this guy's really good. He's a great writer. He said, what? Caleb, this, this what's he been, been doing over there? Yeah, I know you've been writing for years and you know what? You're pretty good at it. Actually, <laughs> not, I mean, it's not bad. Not it's bad. Not bad, Kevin. It's not bad. <laughs> it's really not that bad. Oh. Okay. So, uh, okay. No, I got it. It's a high compliment coming from you two. So, um, <laughs> thank you. So, you know what? Who, uh, who I might add, I believe. I don't, I don't, I don't think accounting famous has like a hashtag accounting famous does not have a 
you know, it doesn't have prerequisites or anything. So <laughs> I, I, as an accounting, as a hashtag accounting famous uh, person, I feel like I do, the power is invested in me to deign uh, both on. of you oh. as accounting fame, hashtag accounting yeah. Right I mean, on. I, I feel like I have that power. I'm going to update my Twitter profile right now with hashtag accounting. Yeah, that's exactly what you should do. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. So, Caleb, we want to ask you this. Yes. So, with all the talk of AI and machines yeah. taking over our, our business, you know, does the profession need to be scared? I mean, I mean, I think the profession needs to be scared for a whole, for, for completely uh, different reasons. Oh, okay. I think, I think general societal and cultural reasons. Everyone should probably be a little on edge. <laughs> that's, my, that's my over. That's my that's my blanket suggestion. Okay. <laughs> but as a uh, as, as it relates, as, more more of the apocalypse is coming. I just mean, in general, not just, just yeah. in general. We're, I mean, we're screwed generally. It's but it's not about AI. We're screwed. It generally I mean, we're screwed. It may play a role. We'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes, guys. Yeah. I just, I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. Uh-huh. Um, but accounting, um, no, I, uh, I, think, uh, I think the fear's overblown. Um, I think, I think uh, that partially may be my fault. <laughs> I may have stoked the fire a bit okay. Okay. Uh, for, for the sake of uh, maybe awareness and maybe uh, – entertainment value it's all uh, coming and, out now yeah i mean i don't know i mean i i think i think ai is something to be uh kind of excited about again to see where it goes and see how it helps businesses including accounting firms so um yeah i i don't think people need to be afraid accountants don't need to be afraid of ai but it but, but it but it is going to have it, it will have something to do with our profession and we don't fully know, but it's not a fearful thing, but it is going to affect us. Well, I think it already is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that it's already having an impact. I mean, oh, on, yeah. pretty, on some kind of, on some small levels, but um, we're, we're seeing what I think people are starting to talk about things on a, on a bigger scale that the potential that's there. And I think, it, yeah, it'll definitely have, a, I was just at the Zero Road show yesterday mm. here in Denver. Okay. And um, there's some good stuff out of there. And I think it's going to, yeah, there's going to be, it's, it's going to have a bigger and bigger impact as time goes on. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Very nice. Um, well, J- Jason and I, before we even started recording today, uh, we were talking about how we're not too afraid for our particular, for where we're positioned in our, in our particular world in terms of the takeover of AI, whether or not that does really come in and however big the, the impact ends up being. But I think a lot of that is because we really, in our own ways, we've found uh, non-commodity, we found ways that we bring value to our clients uh, you know, however you define clients, obviously I'm a, I'm a employee with my, uh, accounting, but I know that I offer them a whole lot more than just a, you know, data entry kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and they see me as a trusted advisor and someone who's a wealth manager, even stuff like that yep. at my job. But, um, but with that, you know, we, we go back to, to, to the, push that, that largely comes from the AI CPA that as CPAs, we're trusted advisors. Um, get, give us your, get on your soapbox and tell us what you think about trusted advisor, what that term means. Yeah. If, if okay, CPAs but... consider themselves improperly to be that or properly to be that, what do you think about that moniker? 
Um, I'm not crazy about it. We'll start there. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's been, it's, it's been kind of saturated in the profession to the point where it kind of has lost its meaning. Mm. Um, I think I, I said something similar to Bill Sheridan recently. Uh, that is, I think that's where, um, that's where we've kind of, that's where uh, even how accountants see themselves, not only has their, have their business models and their, and their services become commoditized, but now their own kind of perception of themselves as professionals has come, become commoditized as this trusted advisor. And I guess, <clears throat> you know, what that means to me is that you really have, you can, you can toss that around all you want, but unless your clients are like willing to run through brick walls to get what you can offer them, then I don't really think you're deserving of the label. So you, you may not be what you think you are. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, profession. I think we're going to yeah. build you up profession. Right. And I, and then, and I guess I'm here to kind of maybe not tear down, but I mean, I think <laughs> not to, not to be the buzzkill, but I, I, I just think that I think people have got, they've got to earn. Yeah. They've got to earn that. They got to earn that trusted advisor label and they, and they really have to, they have to really bring some compelling and valuable stuff to the table. Expertise. So that, yeah, expertise so that clients, so like I said, so clients are like begging for their, for oh. their counsel. Yeah. Oh. Wow, okay, begging for, well, begging for their counsel. That's well, I mean, I, I've heard you guys talk about it for years now, but it's like, cool. you know, it's one of those things where if, if a client is, is beating you up on price, then you can probably conclude pretty quickly that they don't think too much of what you're doing. <laughs> right. it, trusted advisor is like, is like being called handsome. Like if you say it about yourself, that's a whole different thing than if other people say it about you. It's absolutely you. true. Yeah. A trusted advisor is something that a client would say about us, not something we put on our website and say, we are this. The client's yeah. like, no, I'll, I'll let you know if I trust you <laughs> yeah, I, and if I want your advisement, right, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll come to you when I need it, but, but where's my tax return? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait. And I'm, what, and what was your second question, Greg? It was not, not only about how I felt about it, but what was the other? Well, yeah. it's what we just said. It's like, do CPAs, do they can, do most consider themselves to be trusted advisors uh, or do they not? But I, I mean, I mean, I think most of them, yeah, they kind of have this, uh, air of, or they have this, uh, how they perceive themselves as they, they, they see, they see themselves as, um, critical to their clients' success. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'd have to ask the clients if that's actually true. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's hard for them to say that about themselves, but you know, one thing you said in your articles, Caleb, which is pretty cool is, and, and this, there's a creativity to what we do in running mm. businesses, running a firm. And you, you said, create new services. It's like, I mean, it's a pretty simple statement, but it's like, that's a big freaking deal. Like go be creative and sell something that you just made up, which is just like, what the heck? That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the way, I think that's the way forward. I mean, it, it was, it, it was, I just kind of had that epiphany pretty recently where, 
you know, if you're worried about automation, if you're worried about, you know, technology in general, let's, let's forget about automation for a second. But if you just talk about the advent of technology over the course of history, it's always been there, right? Like, you know, there was a printing press, some, someone who knows history facts better than me can, can quote dates and things, but everything from the printing press to the combustible engine, um, to the computer, like all these things, um, they have, they have eliminated jobs. Yeah. The advent of those things eliminated jobs somewhere. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the cars eliminated blacksmiths essentially. Mm. Um, and so when you think about those things and then you think about, well, there doesn't seem to be any shortage of jobs, you know? So I think what we do as humans is that we come up with new things to do and that are newly valuable to, that are newly valuable that's to exactly. a new to a new market or it's redefining some value or carving it out of some some new world we live in that now a new value is needed in some that's way. right like i i it's, it's hard for me to imagine um only just a short time ago less than well more than just a little bit maybe over i don't know 10 years ago 15 years ago 15 years ago i could not have told you that anyone would have wanted to pay me to talk smack about accounting firms on the internet <laughs> it wasn't I, you didn't make, that. I made a living i mean I, I mean i made a living doing that for, i thought you majored in that and i mean <laughs> there was there was there was no blogging major i assure talk, you talk well oh and but the but the minor but the fo- the the focus was talk crap about accounting firms was the focus and so blogging was the major, right? <laughs> and I none mean, of that existed. Yeah, right. None of, none of that did exist. I, I kind of made it up um, or invented it. I don't know. Maybe not invented the Blog. talking crap or blogging. I didn't invent either of those things. But I did invent talking crap about accounting. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I think. I mean, I would, I would argue that I'm at least a, a contender. I think so. I think what, you are. You and Greg. <laughs> when you guys are talking about creating new services, uh, one of the things that I keep coming back to is accounting is a service that people need and that's valuable. And it's, in, it's, it's hard to argue that it's not hugely valuable for people to organize their, their money and know where their financial standing is and all that sort of stuff. But when we start looking at things like uh, blogging and and coaching and all these other things, we go. You know what? People have gone on pretty good without those services for a long mm-hmm. time. There's a fear, I think, that that you can feel where you can go. There's a stuff that is that's so clearly valuable that I already do, but is becoming less valuable because robots are doing it more and more. And then you look at the stuff that robots can't do so good. And that's the stuff that maybe isn't so necessary, but that's, that's really where the pot of gold is. That's, you got to stay ahead of that curve. How did, how did you over, like, I guess for both you guys, Caleb, for you, like leaving the accounting firm going into, you know, doing, going concern full time and Jason for you doing more and more coaching. How is that? How have you guys overcome the fear that's been involved in making those kind of changes? Well, I can just speaking personally at the time I was, I was, I was just ready for it. I didn't, I didn't feel like I I had to, I had to pursue that particular path for me personally because I was done. I was done with kind of the traditional 
career, like the linear career that had kind of started out for myself. And I was ready to kind of upend it a little bit because I, because I enjoyed it so much because I enjoyed writing and I enjoyed, you know, getting to understanding journalism and, and also with the knowledge that there was a big uh, gap in what I was reading online at the time and what professional accountants like me had for resources. There just wasn't anything. And so I was lucky to get hooked up with some people that saw that gap also uh, had some experience, you know, starting websites. And when the opportunity came along, I mean, that was a done deal. Like it didn't even really. And that was, that's kind of, that was my experience. It's, it's kind of like, Caleb, you just did it because you're like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so coaching, I was like, I remember when I first started coaching, probably, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago, I'm like, I'm going to do, I'm going to sell that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I just want to see if I can sell it. And then I sold it. And I mean, God, I was awful at it. It was like, I was, <laughs> I was nervous with a piece of paper with five big questions and it was just the worst session ever. Um, uh-huh. But now, but you know, that's what you do. And it yeah, really, I mean, that's the world we live in. What's the thing you love? Somebody yeah. might buy that. Yeah. Right. And that's- it happened, it, it was similar because I started, so I started the content studio and Jason, I think you were one of the people that I talked to about this before I, I even launched it. But when I launched the content studio, which is over three years ago now, um, it was the same kind of thing. I had to do some discovery. I'm like, it's, like this thing that I've been doing on going concern all this time would people that aren't just readers, like would businesses actually pay me to do that for them? And it turned out that they would. Mm. And, um, what eventually happened to make a long story short, um, you know, Gusto, uh, uh liked it so much that they decided to like offer me a job. So Come that on. was, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a, that was a thing that happened. So, um, so it, yeah, I mean, and you know that we, we say this, you know, in when offering these kinds of advisory services, money is that thing that, that really proves its value. You know, a lot of times if, if somebody will give you money to do what you're doing, it, it's got some kind of value. And if they'll continue to pay you, maybe they do it once and they're like, Oh, that wasn't as valuable as I thought it was going to be. But if they, if they give you a salary and keep paying you, it's like, there's some value to what you've created. And pretty it, amazing. it is inevitable, in my opinion, it's inevitable that you are going to experience that moment where at, you, you're, you have a client and they paid you to do something and they thought it would be valuable. And then a little while later, they're going to go, you know, this isn't so valuable. So I'm going to stop paying you for this. And then you like, you figure something else out. I like it there is that it is kind of a natural uh, kind of order when you're, when you're trying to come up with something new, when you're trying to come up with a new valuable service, you are going to have these fits and starts and these trials and errors. And it's just, this is part of the thing. Just have to, we're going to get into some emotion here. I feel like, but the fear, (laughs) right. The anxiety that comes with that stuff, you just have, you kind of have to just, you know, fight through it. You just have to, it's part of the deal totally you have to be willing to be vulnerable you have to be willing that you're going to make mistakes you have to know that you might be embarrassed like Mm. hardcore like it's it it is not a good feeling when someone doesn't want to give you money anymore when they had been giving it to you that's a good point well i mean greg you i mean accounting comedy it's like (laughs) come on 
Yeah. That's but people true. pay you to do this. Right. That's kind of true. It's well, like, the, what? Yeah. Well, and a lot, Caleb, a lot of what you were talking about uh, makes me think just to the whole cartooning thing that I've been doing for the, mm. for now, like two and a half years now. Yeah. Almost three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's kind of the crazy thing too, where I just started doing that almost because I just knew I needed that outlet personally to yep. start doing some cartooning. And then the topic ended up just being what I do, which is accounting. And then I, I contact, well, did I ever tell you, I actually, I, I, I you, you might hate me for this. We might, but, uh, but I, I actually floated that by Tom hood over at, uh, over at, uh, accounting today to see if he wanted to run the oh, cartoons. Dan hood. Dan hood. Yeah. Dan hood. Dan Sorry. Hood. Tom, yeah. Tom, Tom is Maryland. Dan. Yeah. Dan hood at accounting <laughs> today. And I was like, you want to, you want to use these? And he was like, "Nope." Yeah, no, you did. You, yeah, I remember you. T- he passed. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Well, see, I'm, okay. And Greg, and I can, I can just, I can imagine, I can hear Greg's interior monologue. It's like, you know, who won't pass on this, <laughs> Caleb? <laughs> you did, but do you? You did the first time I, I, I took him to you. You're like, ah, I don't know if that's really going to fit in here. And then, like a week or two later, you contact me back, and, and you're like, you know, I thought about it, and let's give it a shot. Yeah. So. so uh, but, well, but, but Caleb, it's what you said. It's like uh, if 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 we're saying, hey, because of AI and you know commoditization of some of our work, go sell something new. Caleb, you're saying don't get freaked out about the fits and starts of of yeah. some clients saying yes, some clients saying no. Some will value it, some won't. Then it then it may come to be you know an economy that starts to value that thing because it now becomes a needed thing in a new economy or something. But it takes time yeah. to sell a new thing for a new a new stream of money. And one more thing that just came to mind is like you want you want your clients to be tough on you, right? They want. I, I'm thinking I'm one early clients for the content studio was a guy that I had known for a while and who I would probably be a friend. He's certainly a friend now. But like for his business, I mean, I was, I was, I was charging him a lot of money and really put the screws to me to understand like, okay, what are you producing? What am I paying? Yeah. What's the value here? He really, really forced me to understand the value that I was providing. And so it, it, you really will hone in on what's most valuable and you'll make the necessary adjustments to make this thing that you're trying to figure out you that you'll you'll finally pinpoint the right thing and then you'll really have something got you because if somebody says hey i don't want to pay you anymore that's them saying hey i don't find that what that what you're providing me is valuable anymore but then so there's two ways that you could approach that you can say oh yeah you're right And walk away or you can go right. no let's really evaluate where the yeah. value is and maybe they didn't see it or maybe you know that maybe that was just wasn't you know it was hidden but you either have to go yeah you're right or no you're not and and that's what you're saying if you got a tough client they're going to force you to to crystallize where yeah. how you are providing that value that's pretty yeah. that's pretty sweet so that kind of that kind of um discomfort i guess um is a good sign if you got a client that's pushing you Mm-hmm. that's a good sign that you're onto something, but it just might need some tweaking. Well, and just, and the fact that you have to, there's an education, like let's say everybody goes and starts to sell something new. There's this, you, there's a lot of education that goes to that. You have to educate yeah. this market as to what is this, what is its value? Um, so 
you know, don't let that deter you. If you're having to actually produce a lot of, you, know, you have to explain and bring a lot of clarity to this new thing. Like, and we're talking about advisory stuff, like coaching, selling yep. this. A lot of people need to understand what is coaching mm-hmm. you know? and, and they need a lot of help understanding it. But when they experience it, they may value it and keep coming back, but it may take you a while to really sell this new thing on an ongoing basis. Um, but coaching is one of those. So Caleb, are there other things like as we're, we're getting close to close to the end, are, are there like other advisory type services you've heard people selling or, I mean, that people can try? Yeah. So it's interesting. Something that came out of, um, I'm plugging zero a lot today, so you're welcome. <laughs> um, no, I was at the road show yesterday and a concept that came out of there that I wasn't previously familiar with was the concept of, and they, and they, they put it in the context of, uh, business models, but there, there are firms out there that are just doing what they call, what they are calling uh, simple advisory services. Mm-hmm. So what that, what they, and what they describe those as being is like budgeting, forecasting, uh, cash flow analysis, you know, stuff that is useful, stuff that is predictive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, and it's useful for any kind of business, but it requires some uh, prediction uh, it also requires some expertise. It requires you to interpret numbers for yeah. your clients. Um, but it does not require, it doesn't necessarily require expertise in an industry. It doesn't require, um, you know, years and years of experience because there's tools out there that will help you do these things. Um, and so, you know, if someone is feeling like they want to like dip their toe into this, this kind of work, into advisory work, it seems like the simple advisory stuff would be a good place to start. Mm. I mean, it's just, especially if you've, you've been, if you've been really focused on the compliance stuff or really, um, if you start out with the simple advisory stuff, find that your client really valuable. Um, chances are you can probably charge, you know, you, the, the value of it is higher than your, your compliance services. Oh yeah. Um, and so that's a good place for people to get started. Now, I would say, you know, if you've got a firm like Jason's where you're hyper, hyper narrow and you've got a specialized industry and you've got a lot of knowledge about that industry or if you've got specialized services, um, then you're kind of ready to you know, move on to like really high value, really highly, uh, what's the word I'm looking Un- for? Uncomfortable prices. <laughs> yeah, like where, you're, where people are just saying, whoa, like what am I getting that, you know, right, because... Yeah. Because you, like you were saying earlier, you might have to explain a lot what you're going to be doing and coaching. And maybe that if it's a particular service, maybe it's like M and A or maybe it's, you yep. know, something that requires a lot of knowledge. And if you're a, if you're a specialist, you know, you're like, well, I do this all the time for all kinds of business like yours. So you can go down the street to someone that might not know what they're doing, or you can come to us and we're going to knock it out of the park and you're going to be really happy. Yeah. So well, cool. Well, cool. So, all right. So we're running out of time here. Yeah. But this, this is, this is really good stuff. And I, I think, um, Caleb, one of my biggest takeaways from talking to you and just some of the articles you wrote is really creating something new is, I mean, I just don't, I don't see a lot of people writing about that. I mean, we'll talk about that in Thrival, but that really is the creativity of not just creative accounting, but business owners and yeah. clients will buy something they've never, they don't, they didn't know existed if it's, if it's valuable and it's up to you and you have the responsibility firm owner 
to explain this new thing and this new value. And it may or may not work, um, but you actually can create new things and sell them, which is really That's right. cool. It is cool. It, it, I love it. So, okay, Greg, what else before we're done? I, I think that's 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 the way. If you're if you're worried about the the coming uh, AI apocalypse, you got to just start. Be, I mean, you know, again, it's this is an unfamiliar territory. You got to innovate, and and innovation it has so many different aspects. You got to follow your heart, figure out what you love to do, and then figure out if somebody will pay you to, to do that. Right. And that's and that's sort of that that iterative loop. And if people nobody will find something else you love to do. And then see if people pay you for that. Keep keep ahead of it. Don't get don't get uh, complacent. That's right. Okay, Mister Mister Kevin. Um, thank you, Kevin, for being on the podcast with it's, us. Man. It's been it's been my pleasure. <laughs> right on. All right, we'll see you. That was awesome, Caleb. We we learned. It was so cool to just we just got to hang out again, man. I know, I know. Yeah, we're that guy. He's it's fun. It's fun for the three of us to get together. We've had it didn't come up when we're off mic. It came up of other failed things that we've done together. Uh, we've all we've tried been trying stuff. to innovate and find and try to find new stuff. And that's it's, right. And it's cool. I mean, I guess that's something else to put in there. Find a group of people that are like minded that want to try to push some boundaries. Yeah. And, and get Try together it. and fail together and then succeed together too. It's not, it's not going to kill you. So what we want to do is just remind you guys about the, um, the intro call I do for Thrival um, and then this, the coaching advisory lab. This is a new thing we've launched at Deeper Weekend. If you were at Deeper Weekend, you heard that. Um, that just that doesn't have many seats, so we don't have many seats left. Right, um, there's only ten total. Total for that, yeah. yeah. So and some are gotta, taken up already. So, so if you know you want to be do, be doing coaching, get on that deeper weekend 2019. You can already sign up for that. You can get a discount on that. Go yeah. to go to thrival.com. Uh, send a it, email to info at thrival. <laughs> That's right. Or we'll, we'll put the link so you can you can go to the the payment page but that's not going to be up for long cuz it's only through the end of November that you can mm-hmm. sign up for 300 bucks off like right. it'll you'll ne- it'll never be that cheap again and deeper weekend fills up every year so we're going to be capping the event actually it's just not something we can do big to keep it we got to keep it very community focused right. and very intimate um, and uh, experiential. It's it's something you got to experience, right, Greg? You just got to absolutely. Yep. Weekend, so. Yep. And it's and that's why it's funny. That's uh, this is the only conference I know of that starts signing up for next year's like the moment the current year's one is done, just because people are like, yeah, of course I'm coming back. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's we not even. It. It's, it's non-negotiable. Yeah. Uh, Facebook Live calls. Those are on Mondays at yep. two p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to send an, a, a, a question to infothravel.com just asking you to uh, recite some of the lyrics from your band that you were in uh when you played bass uh and uh how do we want that we want to say thanks to yeah we do we absolutely do we do Uh, do. thanks to jennifer our producer thanks to shane our our audio engineer thank you shane he shall remain nameless and uh, thank you, Kevin, for being on the podcast as our guest. Exactly. And don't forget Future Firm Groups. This is something Julie and I teach and lead online every month, too. Uh, we did those in 2018. We're doing them again in 2019 because they're transformative and great. And thank you to Greg. And to Jason M. Blummer. Yes. And to you guys for coming and listening to us uh, on this podcast. We appreciate your uh, your support and your listenitude. <laughs> we love it. Okay, we'll see you next month. Okay, later. Bye.